0: Welcome to the Black Mind Garden, where we are remapping minds so you can create a life you design. This podcast is all about planting new thought seeds, breaking generational cycles, and creating new legacies for ourselves and the generations beyond. Here, you will hear topics that empower your minds to go deeper, touching topics that most people may not think to think about. I am your host, Dr. Maisha Claiborne, a master hypnotherapist, coach, and trainer of neuro-linguistic programming and the founder of the mind remapping academy i am here to put you back in the driver's seat of your mind so that you can have the deepest experiences of joy success freedom fulfillment and peace of mind in all areas of your life now let's get to the good stuff but before we do Go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can stay in the know every time we release another mind remapping meal for you. Let's go. All right. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. For those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Dr. Maisha. I am the founder of the um, Mind Remapping Academy. Master practitioner, trainer of neuro linguistic programming, hypnosis, and timeline therapy. And so, um, you know, if you guys know me and and follow me, you know that I always have a topic that I'm intending to talk, intending to talk about. And sometimes I end up talking about something else. And such is the case today. So I had an intention of of something that I wanted to chat about, and then, um, you know, something else came up, and that is talking about the connection, you know, of our decisions and our unconscious fears versus our commitments. And so, you know, the question is, where do you make your decisions from? And how this came up is I was having a conversation with, um, a potential client. And I will tell you that I have had this conversation a million times before. And, um, this is a person who I've engaged with in the past in that past, um, What she identified is that some of the decisions that she or one of the major, a lot of the major decisions that she had been making were made from the past out of her fear, fear of not being um, valued, fear of um, people saying no, that fear of rejection. And what that has done, what that had had cost her is her aliveness her feeling of aliveness and also this experience of feeling like she's living out her full potential and so you know as we spoke on the phone the other day one of the things that she shared with me is that she can see that she is the biggest person in her own way and i asked her i said well you know are you committed to releasing some of these doubts and these fears. And she said to me, and I thought this was very interesting, I'm committed until something happens that sabotages or until a barrier comes and then that commitment goes away. So what I shared with her in that moment is I said, you know, I, I just need to to, to uh, make you aware that you're not committed. You're not actually committed, right? What that was, was a fear, an action from fear. As we went on, she could really see where that fear was intercepting what she, and, and masking as what she thought was a commitment. So now why do I say all of this? Because in our lives, we think we're committed to things, and Um, And we think we're committed to things until an obstacle comes up. But the truth is, obstacles will always come up. Obstacles will come up every single day, every single week, every single month. The question is, what are you really committed to? Right now, you could be committed to being safe. You could be uh, committed to being right. And a lot of people are. Or you could be committed to the thing that you're committed to. What do i mean by that well what is the vision what is it that you're trying to achieve i know um for me coming out of you know going into medicine knowing that the path that i took was going to be different that um it was going to be an uphill upstream i call it a battle but but uh, journey that's the that's the word that i'll use an upstream journey like knowing that from the beginning I still took that path because I had a particular commitment and that commitment was to bring access, bring a different conversation to the way we heal our bodies. And it wasn't the popular way, especially back then. I know I look young, but I'm actually, you know, I actually been uh, practicing or I practice integrative medicine before it became popular back when it was still called quackery right and now it's it's popular and everybody wants to take the integrative approach but when i you know i had this particular commitment since i went to medical school which was to bring a different conversation of healing to the community and so there were all types of things that that came into my path along that journey people who said things people who um you know a lot of naysayers people who tried to uh, tell me I could not do it a particular way. I could not start a practice the way that I started a practice. I could not succeed in an industry where um, insurances wouldn't pay for. And any one of those things could have derailed me. Any one of those things could have, the fear could have come in at any time. And I could have said, you know what, maybe I should just go get a, a traditional, you know, job in a traditional practice but that wasn't my commitment. Now that's not to say that fear didn't come up. That's not to say that, that those conversations um, didn't happen inside of me, but the fear was not bigger than the commitment. The commitment was, and and I'll tell you, there was something else I was really committed to, right? And if there was the commitment to the, the world, out there in the world, and there was a commitment to, um my own freedom and autonomy as well. Because what I knew was that inside of the system, the traditional system of healthcare, I would not be able to practice what my values truly were aligned with. So that commitment overrode the fear of whether or not I'd succeed or whether or not I'd make enough money or whether or not, you know, I could give any a number of things, right? And that led me on that path that sort of uphill journey or upstream journey, as I mentioned earlier. Later on, you know, into practice, um, however many years, five, six years in the practice, when I realized that there was still more for me, there was still a bigger calling out there for me. But guess what? I had spent all this money on medical school, all this time getting my training, my specialty, and now here I am about to transition out of this profession was there fear absolutely but what was my higher commitment now there were a couple of different layers of commitments i will say you know we talk about fear versus commitment i always go back to values and what's important to you our commitment and our and our motivations they usually come from what's important to us and if when we're looking at our values and we're looking at what's important to us if we're running away from something bad then that's that fear of of not having the bad thing or the bad circumstance is gonna drive us, drive, drive us just as much as the fear of something that you want to achieve or want to give to the world or want to happen. Right? One pulls us forward and the other one pushes us away just long enough to be comfortable. And I know that some of you who follow me know that you've probably heard this before, but it, it bears repeating. So when we think about what's important to us, we think about our commitment. We have to look at what are we committed to? What's the value that's driving the commitment? Right. Because the value that's driving the commitment will be the thing that either pulls you along beyond up and over and beyond the fear of it not going the way that you think it should go, or if it's something that you're running away from, then it'll only push you as far as you need to go to be comfortable. That's why it's so important to understand the fear versus the commitment and the relationship to of, of your commitment to the value and whether it's a fear based value or a fear based commitment or whether it's a vision based commitment right so what are you committed to what are you actually committed to so the question might be what's driving your what's driving your decisions fear or commitment but also you want to ask the question what's driving your commitment what value is it a fear based value or is it a vision based value. Okay. So now, as I was sharing with you earlier, you know, this, this transition from medicine to the coaching world, the world of helping people get, uh, helping specifically at the time, helping moms in medicine move through burnout, helping them to, uh, redefine and define careers that they love, bring meaning back to their careers, right? That was the vision that was what pulled me forward it was the contribution that that I would make it was the 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 light bulb that came uh, on in in their eyes when they had such progress it was the the new careers and the new lives that they were starting to create that that was the motivator for me that was the vision to see that continue to happen that pulled me forward beyond the fear of well, well, is this valid or, you know, will I make enough money or will I be able to thrive and survive? And that pulled me forward. And, you know, of course that, you know, I was able to, I have been able to, and, and I've transitioned since then a little bit, but to thrive. Now, I, those of you, again, those of you who know me, who follow me know that I, I, I do a lot of things. I'm in my, about my third iteration of my career. And what I'll say about that is that I'm pulled into each iteration of my journey. You know, by by nature, I'm a healer. But each generation of my journey that I'm pulled um, is based in a commitment, is based in a commitment. So, you know, that next level of commitment for me was how do I get the tools and the knowledge that I've learned, these tools that I use every day, these the NLP, the hypnosis, the tools of conscious language, the mind remapping. How do I get those tools out into the world? Because, yeah, I can you know, I can coach people. It's like the difference between giving a person a fish and teaching them to fish, right? So I can do that. But the next level is giving those tools away, like giving them to people so that they can duplicate these efforts and we can actually have a shift in the community and the world. So, of course, by this time, there is another transition at bay. There's an unknown and is there fear? Absolutely, there's fear. The fear will always be there. So there's this like myth. There's a myth out there that when you're making these transitions, when you're, when you're um, you know, going on stage or when you're doing something big or when you're, doing, when you're doing something new, that you have to be fear, like there has to be no fear, like fear less. And that's not really the truth. The truth is, you know, we're human. Our body, we're gonna. For some of us, we will feel that nervousness, that butterflies in our stomach, that that fear. But the question is, well, we how will we reframe that fear, right? For 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 some people, they frame the fear as, oh, there's danger, and I mean that's human too, right? Because fear, that natural emotion of fear, is an indicator. It's a it's supposed to be a warning signal for danger, so that when you know the the lion, the tiger, or the bear is coming for you, oh my, you should run. And the problem is that our brains don't always distinguish like the real threat from the perceived threat, from the perceived um danger, right? And for some, the social uh, threat is a very real threat. The failure threat is a very real threat because there's a meaning that we make to those things. There's a meaning that we give to those things, like failure, like you know what the the, the social what other people will think of us. And I remember that, like even in transitioning from my clinical practice as a physician to this world of coaching and what will people think of me? And when I coached doctors and I coached, you know, these high professionals who were transitioning, that was a big question like what will what people think of me? I spent all this time and all this money to get this degree only to leave it behind, right? So the fear will come. And we must not be afraid of that discomfort of that. We really need to distinguish for ourselves Is that a real or imagined fear? And what is the commitment that will pull you forward? So if you're operating inside a a fear-based value, a fear a value to get away from something bad, how can you then reframe that to be a vision-based value? What is it that you need to let go of? What belief, what attitude, what decision that you've made is it that you need to let go of in order to reframe that fear-based value into a commitment or a, a vision-based value. And that's something that you can look at, whether it be um, in your, you know, in your careers or with your family or in relationship. I know a lot of people who are in a relationship or who want to start dating again, right? Who don't trust. They don't trust because they've been hurt before. Valid, right? Someone's hurt you before, so then there's a they they a decision is made about their ability to trust or who can be trusted, and that uh, that that drives um, that drives their behavior. So then the thing to really look at is what is the what is the internal conversation or what is the thing that happened that had you come to that decision not to be able to trust? And then what are you committed to inside of a relationship that would have you take that risk? And what do you need to put in place in order to see the red flags so that you feel safe enough because a lot of this is about safety. You feel safe enough to take those steps in a very strategic and calculated way. In this work of equity, diversity, inclusion that I do, we see I see a lot of this as well: the the fear-based decisions, the fear-based values, right? You know, the 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 checking off the box or the fear to not pursue educating oneself about the 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 culture, the dominant culture, Uh, because what will that mean about me? What will that, what will that mean about um, my worth as a person? Am I a bad person? What will that mean about what I've been doing all of this time? It's a fear-based, it's a fear-based decision-making process. And so I could say more about that, but I'll hold that for a different conversation because <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about today. Um, fear fear is so ingrained in our society. It's almost the thing that keeps our society moving. Um, the fear of the market, the fear, and everybody makes decisions based on fear, but that doesn't have to be what you do. That doesn't have to be who you are. And Even if you say, well, no, I make my decisions based on commitment. I let things pull me forward. I encourage you and I empower you and I invite you to look at, look deeply at what places in your life are you stopped? What places are in your life do you hesitate and dig into that and see, is there any like trace of fear there? Trace of doubt? Because doubt is also fear-based, right? Two two major emotions, love and fear, right? So what's driving you? And so, you know, you ask yourself, what is what if there's doubt there? What is the fear behind the doubt? If there's procrastination, what is the emotion or the fear behind the procrastination that has you put stuff off? I people say procrastination is laziness. I don't believe in laziness. I believe that there's always an intention behind a behavior, or a lack of a behavior. And so as you really take this on as this a practice to look at where your commitments are based in values from fear or values of vision, as you take on that practice, look in every area of your life. Look at your relationships, your businesses and careers. Look at the uh, your your relationship with your spouse, your partner, your children, your children, parents, look at the relationship of your children, how we respond to our children, those, those big reactions we have to our children. Those things are our, those buttons, those reactions are our own unhealed trauma. Those reactions are based in fear of what was either done to us, what has happen to us those things are the things we need to be looking at you know a lot of times we have these blind spots we have these blind spots and there's only so much it's like you know we even though our mothers used to tell us they have eyes in the back of their head and I maintain that uh, with my son so I can see everything I can see everything that you do <laughs> I tell him, I have a uh, just a sidebar of you know some ca- cameras around the house, and so my my office is upstairs, and the the playroom is downstairs. And I and I often will, you know, my son will be downstairs, and I sometimes check on him if I'm working and he's home, and I and I will talk through the camera. I see you, hi, Delson. Stop jumping on the couch, Delson. So even though our <laughs> even though our parents will maintain that they have eyes in the back of our head. We have eyes in the back of our head. The truth is we don't. And we can only see what we are programmed to see, what our limiting beliefs and decisions, we can only see what our current beliefs and values will allow us to see. We can only see that much. So- as conscious as we might become of our behaviors and the things that we need to shift and change, there's always the thing in that unconscious, that subconscious that we can't touch. And that's why a lot of times I work with people is because there are the things that I'm trained to hear that others like me are trained to hear that um, we can't hear because we're the fish in water, right? The fish in the ocean doesn't know they're in the ocean until they're out of the ocean, and they can't breathe, right? So that's why it can be difficult. Even when you see these things in your life, it can be difficult to change them because there's there's always there's a there's a a blind spot that prevents that from happening. So as you're taking this on, and you're and 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 I'm gonna come back to the parent thing, right? these um, big reactions that we have to our children. As you know, I'm all about generational conversations. These big reactions that we have to our children sometimes, they're based in our values, sometimes fear-based values, fear of what, um, what has happened to us, fear of what didn't happen for us, fear of what's going out on the world and what we want to prevent from happening to our children. And I know this, I'm raising a little black son. I, you know, and so um, when we, we, we have to begin to look at what we're passing on to our kids, what conversations we're passing on to our kids um, through these fear based values or vision based values so which are you operating from and in order to know you have to also know your values like what's important to you it's one of the one of the most important things to start to take a look at well what is really important to you what do you hold as a value are your actions in line with those values you know you hear me talk about this all the time i know are those are your actions consistent with your values what do you believe What are your attitudes? Are those beliefs based in fear or are they based in vision and commitment? And if they're based in fear, what is the source of that? And then, you know, it's useful to begin to work with someone to be able to um, dissolve the fear and the beliefs that have you... um, not be able to transform that thing. So with that said, um, I will leave you with the question. What are you making, basing your actions, your decisions, your behaviors on? Are they based in fear? Are they based in commitment? and if you really truly believe that your your actions are based in commitment connect to the value of that commitment what's motivating that commitment is it a value that's based in getting away from something or a value that's based in pulling you towards something and even if it's a value based in that's pulling you towards something let's go a little deeper Is that pulling you towards something based in fear of what you won't get or what won't happen? Because if it is, guess what? It's still moving away from something. Ah, tricky. Or is it something that's pulling you forward that's truly a value based on vision? And how you know that is that you're connected to something bigger than just yourself in that vision, right? You're connected to something bigger than what's immediately around you in that vision. Many times when that's pulling you forward, then you know you're onto something. And those are the kinds of visions that move people beyond fear, that have people take action in spite of fear. That's called courage, right? That The, the, the two things that have people take action in spite of fear, courage and and desperation so let it not be desperation but courage or i guess whatever gets you there quite frankly um right but we can be preventive so if you're being preventive it would be like that that conscious courage and if it's reactive it might be more out of like the discomfort of the current situation but honestly there's no real judgment about which it is whatever gets you to the place it needs to be and when you become practiced in this work you'll start to recognize the conscious courage versus the reactionary sort of desperation all right and and there's no judgment in either of those so that's what i'll leave you with if you um know that as you you know this all of this work that i do is based in the in in the the mind remapping that i that i both do personally with one-on-one with people and that i teach if this is something if these are tools that you are thinking gosh i really want to learn not mind remapping i really want to learn the tools of and neural neuro-linguistic programming of nlp of hypnosis of timeline therapy if you're a coach or if you're a healthcare provider if you're a, um, a healer if you're a person who is a service provider who works with others, a leader in an organization, and you think that these these conscious mind remapping tools, the, this conscious use of language, you know, utilizing language to reframe and re, and re reframe and empower uh, and recontextualize um, disempowering thoughts and actions and behaviors, uh, if this is something you want to learn, this is what I do. So that is that. All right, you guys have a great rest of the day, great rest of the week. You know how to reach me, mindremappingacademy.com. Click, or you know you can go ahead and uh, reach out to me personally by message or click the links in my bio on description. Have a great rest of the day. Namaste. Thanks for spending time with us on this episode. I hope you digested our food for thought and will put it into action and use these tools to nourish your life in some way this week. Remember to like and subscribe. And if you found this episode valuable, please pay it forward by sharing it with someone else. Also, I am clear that it's you, our listeners, who help us grow. So if you like this podcast, I'd love and appreciate if you tell us Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Finally, if you're interested in learning more about any of our mind remapping coaching, training, or workshops, or if you're interested in getting NLP, hypnosis, or timeline therapy certified, visit remapmymind.com. That's remapmymind.com and learn more about which programs might work for you, and even schedule a discovery call with me today. Now go and have an amazing rest of your week, and we'll see you on the next episode.